Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Welcome to the You, Me, and the Scene podcast brought to you by Revival Recordings. Hello and welcome back to the Yumi and the Scene podcast brought to you by Revival Recordings. This week, we're down to two. Just me and Thrillhouse on the mics tonight, but uh, we will be joined by Dennis from Aliciana later in the episode, so that will be exciting and hopefully good conversation. <laughs> I know. I know we have lots to lots to touch on. <laughs> there has been so much drama since literally like the day after we recorded the last episode. Yes. So. <laughs> I feel like the last episode we didn't have like a lot of like, oh, like updates. Like, and yeah, since then there's been a lot going on in yeah. all genres of music, all general. <laughs> so Should we start with the smaller stuff first or do the bigger stuff first? Because I got let's, a lot of notes. Let's, let's hit the big one. Let's just start off with a bang all right well we can't not talk about blue ridge rock fest yes so yes which came right after the um edm right that we also talked about and how we i remember saying how do things go this bad like Especially for a festival that has been put on for multiple years. (laughs) So, remember how everyone was calling when we were young Emo Firefest? Yes. This was the real Emo Firefest. Yes. Yes. So, uh, it was supposed to take place September 6th, that Wednesday, to the 10th, that Sunday. Um, But I guess there was a crazy storm on Thursday. The whole time I was researching this and hearing about it secondhand, I was under the impression that the storm happened that Saturday when everything got canceled. Yeah. No, I didn't yeah. realize that the storm was at the beginning of the festival and then everything else. Yeah, because yeah, I think didn't the storm happen and then I feel like I saw videos of people like waking up on like Friday or Saturday or whatever and it was like kind of nice out. So they were like, oh, I'm ready for the day. And then it was just a shit storm after that. Yeah, <laughs> the storm happened Thursday and then on saturday september 9th i'm going based off of what they have posted on social media so if they've uh like deleted anything or edited any timestamps on anything because i think you can do that on some facebook posts i'm not sure edit timestamps not what's the word i'm looking for you could like archive and then like publish for a different i don't know maybe i'm wrong then republish it that i feel like you definitely probably could archive and then like yeah based off of the dates on their Facebook page. Uh, September 9th at 2.30 p.m., they canceled for the rest of that Saturday. And then a few hours later at 5.30 p.m., they canceled the whole rest of the festival, Saturday and Sunday. So they insist right before we hopped on, they posted something on Instagram after like a week a week, two weeks of, like, of radio silence. silence. Yes. Uh, like, literally, like, an hour literally, before we hopped on. Yes, we are, we are they, recording at 7.50 p.m. on September 22nd, right now. So yeah. you guys um, can go watch and look at those timestamps. <laughs> and they still insist that it was all weather-related. But if you do some digging, that doesn't seem to be the case. Have you looked into this at all, or should I just go into it? You go, I mean, I know what I've seen online, and... Uh, 
So are they claiming that because of the storm that happened, like it affected the rest of it? Because they had they had acts go on right, right at a different point. Okay. Yeah. And and I'm not gonna lie, that storm looked insane and a lot of people were worse <laughs> for wear after that. Um but according to there's this huge Twitter thread, X thread, whatever fuck fuck Elon Musk, but there's a whole <laughs> Twitter thread from it he they used this Twitter thread in like I think it was the Loudwire article that I read. Um, and a bunch of other places were citing this thread as the one with like the most comprehensive list of complaints. It was like tech cubs fan i kept trying to type it into google and it kept wanting to say the cubs fan but it, it very specifically was tech cubs fan um most of this is from him uh basically shit hit the fan the night everyone was arriving on wednesday because people arrived to camp i guess on wednesday this is a huge camping yeah. festival um yeah. and people were saying they were waiting nine to twelve hours just to get to their camp spot so that's the first thing um i can't even like process that because like it's not like um freaking burning man like we talked to it's not in the middle of nowhere right not i mean that i think it's it's, not like out of civilization so like how are you taking that long and it's like i've been to like coachella and stuff where I didn't camp, but, like, my friends did. And the process, you're in, you park, like, th- what? <laughs> the Twitter thread, the person writing the Twitter thread said that it looked like they were super short-staffed, like, security-wise, directing people to begin mm-hmm. with. And then the people that were working were basically working overnight to get these people into their parking spaces, so or their camping spaces. So, like, the staff is already kind of being treated like yeah. shit. Um, he goes on to say that he witnessed, a, uh, I don't know if he personally witnessed it, people were saying that security was going down with heat exhaustion, which, off the bat, like, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I'm kind of iffy on the timeline of when the parking lots and campsites and shit started filling up, but people kept saying in different spots people were being turned away at some point, like they got turned away from one parking lot and they had to go into an overflow parking lot and then that was full. Oh my god. All this other stuff. Not really sure what ended up happening with that, but it's already from down to parking, it's a shit show. Um shuttle buses. There were supposed to be so when you go to this festival, you pay for your ticket, you pay for camping, and apparently you also pay for a shuttle pass. Um yep. which is I looked like it was like fifty or sixty bucks, but people I might be I have to edit this video or edit this episode very quickly. So I may or may not insert a picture here, but there's one picture circulating of the lines for the shuttle buses. And it looks Mm -hmm. like it's like three football fields long, probably even more. Um, People waited hours and hours for these shuttles to get from the campsite to the festival itself. Hey guys, editing Thrillhouse here. I've talked to some people since recording this episode and I didn't realize the shuttle buses are more geared towards the people who need transportation from the parking lots to the festival and not the people going from the campgrounds to the festival. The campgrounds were apparently only like a mile, 10 minute walk away from the festival itself, while the parking lots were like way further away 
and the people parking are the ones who got screwed by this shuttle bus debacle. Also, side note, while I have you, I am so sorry for my audio quality in this episode. I'm going to try to edit it as best as I can, but I think I had my mic inputs mixed up or something, so please bear with me. Um, And I guess this was also a problem last year. I had some friends who went last year, and the shuttles have just been always a huge problem. They just never have enough, and they're not running often enough. Um, and they were promised, this is one of the specific promises that the festival made is fixing the shuttle problem. And it <laughs> might've been worse this year. Um, going along with that, there wasn't enough ADA space or enough ADA transportation for disabled people. So a lot of disabled people were stranded or waiting for, uh, you know, like I keep wanting to say shopping cart rides yeah. <laughs> for <laughs> golf cart rides. Yeah. They said they were waiting three plus hours. Um, so that's shitty too. Let's see. I just like, that is like one thing I feel like consistent. There's either festivals that do it really well or are really, really fucking bad at it. And it's just like, that should, there's things that need to be priority. You need to have enough bathrooms. You need to have ADA. You need fucking water. Like we'll get to three basic things. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. I've seen it. I'm just like. The condition of, I guess, this extends to the campsites too, but the porta potties, this person specifically said that the porta potties in the campgrounds, a lot of them filled up within the first 12 hours and were taped off, and then nobody came to empty them. Um, So there was overflowing trash and porta potties in the camp area. There was trash everywhere in the festival. They were promised tons of hydration tents. There were two hydration tents. One of them was in the VIP area only. So GA peasant people only had access to one water tent. And this person also alleges that they didn't start passing out waters uh, until people started going in ambulances from heat exhaustion, which... And not to mention, I'm pretty sure I did see, which you might have also seen, is when they did have waters available, they were like fucking five bucks a water Mm -hmm. bottle. Yep, that's another point. That's another thing. Water is a basic, basic need. Do a dollar a water bottle. That's all you need. And you will still, you will still profit off that pack of fucking water. Welcome to capitalism. Welcome to capitalism. We talk about basic human rights here. It's like. To purchase water, it was $4. But apparently bar prices, food prices, drink prices, everything was insane. And the vendors were saying, we get charged so much to be here that this is the only option is these insane prices which yeah food and drink has always been expensive at like most festivals granted Mm -hmm. i haven't been to a festival this size since warp tour and again warp tour didn't have these problems i guess warp tour didn't have camping but yeah and warp tour did have its fair share of other problems (laughs) but it wasn't these logistical problems at all yeah Uh, it was just like yeah we were just letting the good times roll back then, okay? <laughs> right, but that was one of the biggest complaints um, from staff and from fans is there were, it's, there seemed to be no sanitation worker team, like, at all. Um, it literally, like, Woodstock 99. Like, some of the pictures I saw, I was like, this is disgusting. This reminds me of that documentary. <laughs> like, how it's... And I get, like... I don't know. It's just hard for me to vision being at one of these and having it go so, so fucking bad because the festivals I've been to, granted, it's been like I've gone to um, Riot Fest, 
Coachella um, when we were young and then um, Cabo, which is down in San Diego. And I mean, when we were young was just the one day, but all the rest of them are multi-day festivals. And like, granted, I don't camp because I'm just a bougie ass bitch that needs my shower. But um, (laughs) so I'm usually in a hotel. But like I walking around like I could never imagine like the bathrooms like all the bathrooms and all those festivals were reasonably not that bad. So, So you know the same I felt safe walking through fucking security. I had at Coachella they checked like my tampons to make sure they were open to be like those fake things. And it's like, yeah, that's (laughs) annoying. That's annoying. But it's like I feel safe. So like to have like the lack of like all of those things, it's like how are you how are you fucking up this bad? (laughs) Well, since the festival going off of this bathroom thing, um People have been reportedly testing positive for Giardia. Um, and now, no. when I looked it up with the Department of Health in Virginia, mm-hmm. it, it didn't say anything about an investigation, but then I saw people posting about the Department of Health. Department of Health. I saw people oh. posting about the Department of Health having an investigation, which I guess they have to, if anybody tests positive for Giardia, they yeah. have to track it. Yeah. So some, if someone genuinely tested positive, there has to be some kind of investigation. Some trial, yeah. Um, people seem to be really skeptical about this whole testing positive for that thing. Um, in case you don't know, Giardia is a parasite that you get from drinking contaminated water or eating something contaminated with feces. Poop water. Um, and if the port of potties were overflowing, that would make sense. Um, plus, there was a lot of damage from that storm, including tipped over. It, I saw a bunch of pictures yeah. of tipped over pot port, port, yeah. yeah, tipped over porta potties. <laughs> um, I'm sure by the time this episode, like obviously everyone's seen what the, I'm just trying Everything, to emphasize yeah. how bad this was. These conditions also weren't great for the people that were working the festival. Apparently, people started walking out. Staff members and crews started walking out on Saturday before everything was called off uh, because they hadn't been fed properly. They hadn't been fed properly. They also didn't have water stations. They didn't have anywhere to stay after their campgrounds were destroyed. They had one shower trailer that wasn't functioning, so they had nowhere to shower either. Um, and uh, I saw, who was it? Electric Cowboy? Yeah, I saw Electric mm-hmm. Cowboy's tour manager posting about how it was the most unorganized, unprofessional shit he's ever seen in his 20 years of touring, and it just was a huge shit show so that's what i'm saying is like um people were like then saying like oh well it's been like this like it's like this like not this not to this extreme every year but like that it's had problems every year so it's like i just how do you not i just like my mind can't process like not like you said how they said that they were gonna fix like certain problems like the shuttles and then just don't yeah they (laughs) also not deleting and blocking commenters this entire time Mm -hmm. and because people were complaining before it was anywhere near the cancellation and everyone thinks that they ultimately made the decision to cancel the whole event Mm -hmm. only after the staff started walking out not anything to do with safety because when this storm happened it became apparent that they really didn't have a set evacuation plan um so people were just getting wailed on by the sky and (laughs) had their campsites destroyed Um, and like if it it did come to just weather 
like I said, like you were in, we talked about this multiple times. You were in Vegas the same time when we were young that day it got canceled. And it was like, that was a weather, like they can't control that. It's a safety concern. Uh, You know, there's only so much you can do in those situations, but it seems like, seems like the weather, whether it happened or not, it was the whole festival was going to turn into a shit show. So (laughs) yeah. Um, and it just makes me even more thankful for festivals that are good like so i'm i joined the screwed by blue ridge rock fest Mm -hmm. facebook group like to see what people were talking about and all of them are posting pictures at other festivals like this is me at louder in life and this is how it's supposed to be uh look at these security guards with walkie talkies because apparently i guess security didn't have walkie talkies i don't know i that's anecdotal but you know Maybe it's just, like, me as, like, the anxiety-ridden person I am. I go, like, very prepared into festival. Like, I'm a prepared person. I know where everything is. I make sure I'm packing what I need to in my backpack, like, type of shit. So I'm, like, any scenario, I'm ready to go, like, at the festival. But like I said, I haven't really experienced anything like that level because the festivals I go to don't have that. I would be the one posting me like this. Look how this is supposed to be. (laughs) <laughs> but Just, um if you have giardia i hope you get better <laughs> i know and oh, i hope you all get ew. your money back but yes we do there was some yeah. other drama in the scene uh i know you said that there was some bearing stuff and you're the the resident bearings yeah um so i know last episode i was like go listen to the new bearings album which you still should but uh, the interesting thing is that they dropped off a co-headlining tour, and you know, it's one thing if you have a a emergency reason when you're dropping off a tour a week before. Um, it's another if you're dropping off to go join another tour. <laughs> and that's what they said, right? They, just, um, they did. That. They they straight up said that they had an offer to join a different tour i let me double check i don't i still don't think it's been announced what tour but it would have overlapped with these dates um so they did and obviously they're co-headlining so for me i i was about to buy tickets to the boston show uh i didn't but i would have been going four bearings but i wouldn't have gotten my money back because there were like four of the bands like it's like shows still going on the other bands are screwed in that scenario too um because if all the people that were going to see bearings decide to not go um yeah that sucks uh and i don't i'm not gonna pretend to know how contracts and shit work but there's some contracts involved i know they exist um and i mean they and they have been posting like still go support this show still go see like this tour um so there were uh touring with just friends and it does say some last minute changes in our touring plans for 2023 2024 resulted in conflicts with our scheduling that no longer allow us to perform on this tour we ask that all fans please hold onto their tickets and help pack these shows out in support of just friends and their new album gusher and and support the bands and promoters involved so um also are people like our fans mad is that the vibe we're getting yeah, i don't want to like yeah i think it's um 
I think it's also more just that they announced it the week before the tour started, too. Yeah, that that they sucked. were gonna drop off. So it's everybody that was gonna go to see bearings on this tour, like was going for bearings. Like I said, like I like just friends and um young culture and stuff, but I would have like sick. bought the but I would have bought the tickets to go see bearings out of all of those. Um so I think it's that because you're not getting your money back if that's why you were going, which I've seen Young Culture and Just Friends, and you should go to that tour because they are fun to go see. So, mm. regardless. And they did have another band. I forget what band. They had another band, I think, hop on in place of Bearings now. Okay. But, That's good. But it's just, I know, I know we talk a lot about the inner workings and touring. You know, you kind of know ahead of time if, if you have a conflict. <laughs> Yeah, usually I just, it, I think it'd be different if it was like an emergency or something. Um, I'm assuming like, I mean, are the bands like, salt, they're not posting that they're like salty about it, are they? Oh, Just Friends said, we were informed a week ago that Bearings would be dropping co-headliner run due to scheduling conflicts with another tour that they wanted to accept. Okay, so Just Friends is the ones that said. Ah, uh, that... Sucks. And so their decision to put us in a really their decision puts us in a really difficult position. We decided to rally, continue on with the tour as a just friends headliner tour. I feel for them. I feel for them. And And interestingly mm. enough, these bands are on the same label. (laughs) Oh, are they really? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check. I'm pretty sure they're on the same label. And they've toured together before because I think last time I saw Bearings, they were with Just Friends. I'm almost positive. So it must be like a pretty big opportunity. Not that... That, That's what I'm saying, because they and... I think think Young Culture has toured with Bearings, too. I'd have to go back and look. I feel like I've seen them together, um, because I've seen Bearings a few times. And so, like, it is, like, a little interesting that obviously they've toured together before, on the same label and that that kind of inner workings happened because I don't know if it would have to be a big opportunity because I don't know yeah. if on our end as a label we would allow we would like well I don't think we don't really get a say in what what towards towards bands accept, accept or but even what they're offered that's more of a, a booking agents a thing booking. um Got I it. think I'm pretty sure it's never sure. been brought to my attention um <laughs> but yeah, that yeah. would at least make for some awkward Christmas parties. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yep, they're they're both on Pure Noise. I mean, maybe so. Pure... I, we're... I don't... At least on Revival's end, I don't think that we have much say in, like, who tours with who or Tour. who accepts what. Well, I'm sure we'd hear about it. Um, from... We'd hear about it, but I think I think we'd kind of be like, oh, here. If it, if it was this situation, we would kind of be like, what do you... If it was, like, our bands, I feel like we Which makes like, me think it... it, it it might it be like be huge yeah <laughs> has um, to be big that was my thought i'm like they haven't announced anything but like i i would hope i i mean like i hope they have the opportunity to do that and just friends is rallying and like i said they're good to go see so i'm sure people are gonna go and have a good time regardless but it is just kind of like a mm, 
little shitty situation. Um, one other thing before our guest hops on. Uh, again, happened earlier today. Um, <laughs> CJ McMahon got kicked from Thy Art is Murder. Not only was he kicked from the band, but he was erased from their upcoming record entirely. Um, and didn't that thing you send me say that the new vocals were like an unidentified person? <laughs> Um, at least not or like a, mis- yet, a mystery person. person? Yeah, yeah, I haven't said who it is yet. This isn't a band that I listen to, but it's a headline that came across my feed. Um, particularly, the, uh, it came across my feed. Eye. Yeah, it came across my feed when CJ was saying some transphobic shit on yeah. X or Twitter or whatever. Um, and the band specifically said that that wasn't the specific thing that did it, and I am inclined to believe it because scrubbing someone from a record. And replacing them with a whole other person is not a snap decision. So this Yeah. That's a was, lot of money, time. Yeah. Lot going on to do that. Um, especially if it was a finished record. And so uh yeah. Again, not a band I care about, but a bigot is out of a job. So <laughs> 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 Uh, you know, it, I, I just wanted to bring it up because it's a bigger conversation. Um, I know the, the band said it's not this specific incident and everyone's entitled to their freedom of speech. Um, but his beliefs and ideologies had become a big, Too much. A, a big problem for them. Um, and you don't have to agree with everybody, but I think some of these bands, I'm not going to mention names, but there's some famous people in the scene who say some shitty shit about people who aren't like them. And I think they need to be aware of the reach they have and the environment that they're creating for their fans. That's my point. Yep, yep, yep. Welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Dennis Lee. Uh, yes. What's up, everybody? The third and final founding member of Alisana to join us. Yes. Save the best for last, guys. Come on. I mean, we can just jump right into it. Um, let's go. Yeah, let's go. And we like, do get a little unhinged sometimes. And I know you're good friends with Amanda, so I'm sure we'll yeah, get a little thanks. unhinged. So just roll with it. He knows I'm not great at talking. Thanks to you, We had a pad on, so we were off topic all over the place at times. So <laughs> <laughs> I would say that. Yes. Well, um, as the great ahead, Hillary Amanda. Duff said... <laughs> Let's go back, back to the beginning. Um, because I have recently met someone who went to high school with Dennis and uh, said, I was in a Rocky Horror Picture Show number with him at a talent show. And then you told me that that was when you figured out you could scream. So let's start there. That's how I learned, that's how, I learned how to scream. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's see. How old was I? 15? That sounds right. Uh, I had a crush on a girl at school, as young men do, uh, but I could not hang out with her because she was doing uh, a talent show thing with the theater kids, doing Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, so I volunteered to be Riff Raff with no background <laughs> in that whatsoever. I have a visual arts background, but uh, such things we do for young love. <laughs> so uh, I had to go down into my garage and I was like trying to figure out how to sing like Riff Raff does. I don't know if you're familiar with Rocky Horror, but he has like mm-hmm. a gravelly like. Ah, and so I was trying <laughs> to do that. 
And I was literally down there like drinking pickle juice. I don't know why I thought that was going to happen. <laughs> but I was trying to make my voice do that like gravelly thing. And I accidentally did a low growl. And I said, oh, and it was just like one little baby low growl. But it came out and it was like one syllable. And it's like, that sounds like, you know, the bands I listen to. And so I just kept, uh, I kept doing that one little low growl longer and longer. And I could finally make two of them in a row and then just baby steps. I couldn't even high scream when I started screaming. At huh. all. I had to like completely figure that one out too. So yeah. And here we are. What was that? I was 15. So 37 now. So 22 years later, we're, we're still yelling. All right. We did yeah. something right. <laughs> you, your, voice, before, your voice hasn't given out yet. <laughs> that's it. This is long before. Cause I see Casey, my wife <clears throat> keeps up with like the screamo subreddits and stuff. Screaming subreddits, like people are asking what kind of scream you do. I'm like, what do you mean, what kind of scream I do? Like, is it like, a, is it like a fry scream or something? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just, I'm just like, dude, I started screaming like way before anybody like thought to like teach how to do that. So, but that was it. And uh, yes, that uh, that girl did start dating me. Just so you know, there you go. And you, go. Uh, you know, that was uh, so it was a mission accomplished. This riffraff, and I was great riffraff. <laughs> Okay, that was my first time up on stage and everything. So, uh, to the person you met who who did that with me, I'm excited to see who it is. Yeah, um, I'll I'll give you her name after the podcast because you okay. know public yeah, platform. Anonymity. I don't know if she's about that. Understood. Right? Understood. <laughs> so there uh, you go. If anybody's looking to woo their crush, learn how to scream. Learn how to scream. <laughs> funny. <laughs> funny. Okay. Same time. Same time period. <laughs> All right, I'll throw this one out. So I don't, I don't like using wireless mics. That's just mm. a thing I've never liked, and there's a reason. And it's also from the same time period because after that, learning how to scream, I started a high school metal band, and then in senior year, there was a thing called the Senior Date Auction, where all the senior dudes had like a talent show, and then girls auction it was for charity and you went to a basketball game and dinner with them or something like that and so my talent is screaming <laughs> but how do you do that in a talent show so it was literally my high school band's horrible ep playing and me on stage by myself with a wireless <laughs> mic screaming over it and it oh, was like the God. most nerve-wracking thing i've ever done i did get the second highest bid though there you so, go. See? You know, that was it. But for some reason, I've attached that to wireless mics, and I hate them. <laughs> and every once in a while, I pick it up. I'm like, maybe it's for me. I'm like, ah, no. We then can't. you have a little so, PTSD. And start like, having mm, war flashbacks. No. It's, <laughs> like, it's like my mic cord is like my safety blanket you know like i wrap my little hand in it and you know i know there's a band behind me it's the thing like when you turn around on a stage like that and there's no one else there and like oh wow it's just me up here <laughs> yeah that is a lot of pressure <clears throat> but damn that is how you get the ladies apparently <laughs> um, we we've talked about it, amanda i feel like you mentioned what was it like some band you listened to to impress a boy in high school i mean uh, you have done stupid shit but what funny was it? enough we it actually alisana was that band um, yes oh my god yes okay yes, yes it was it you're right be. you're right uh, yeah. it was um and now we're here so that <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> someone someone took that and ran with it drove it into the ground um <laughs> sorry sorry to that boy all right uh, amanda 
started right. this all just just because she liked you, and yeah, now just... look at her now. <laughs> he knows who he is. This is the test to see if he checks in on me. Um, That's it. But yeah, you were saying that those were the kinds of bands you were listening to, and something that we talked about a bunch of Pat is you guys are all from pretty vastly different musical backgrounds. Yes, yes. I'm not sure what happened to Sean and Pat when they were kids that turned them into <laughs> listening to whatever that stuff is. I assume that's charmed middle middle class America that does that. But uh, now uh, I actually have a playlist where you can listen to all my high school yes. music. Yeah, Revival put out and is expertly curated. Uh, it's a lot of metal, mm. believe it or not. It's mostly metal. Although I will always say, and this is true, my number one favorite band of all time is They Might Be Giants. And it I will thought, always be They Might Be Giants. I thought okay? you were going to say yeah. ABBA. ABBA <laughs> is, I, I am a late in life falling in love with ABBA. My mom loves ABBA. Mm. But for some reason, okay. I think it was like just a couple of years ago, I threw it on, like not even thinking about it. I was like, wow, dude. These are all hits. But I just keep playing. I'm like, that's another hit, bro. <laughs> like, no, they might be giants, dude. Oh, love them. That was my first CD I ever got in like fourth grade. And I think when I stopped buying their physical albums, I had 16 of them. Damn. And I just know, I mean, I know every word. There's something about them writing the poppiest songs about the most miserable stuff. And now they write kids' music, and they wrote all the music for the Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Did and they I really? listen to it all the time with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. They wrote the, they're the ones that wrote the Malcolm in the Middle theme song. That's who it was. I know. Awesome I, that's for a second, I was going to say the Big Bang Theory theme song, but that's Fair Naked Ladies, isn't it? Yeah. Or uh, the Big Bang Theory. I don't know. I, don't know. Who wrote anyway, it. I respect actually, myself too yeah. much to watch the Big Bang Theory. That so. is fair. That entirely. <laughs> Um, yeah, so uh, outside of They Might Be Giants, let's see. I think it's from, let's say, let's go from They Might Be Giants to a bunch of metal. So mm. They Might Be Giants, fourth, fifth grade. We go to middle school. It's a little Rage Against the Machine yeah. here. They're like, okay, we're dipping our toe in the water. Mm. And then we heard corn. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, this is, this is doing something inside of me. <laughs> the gears right. are turning. And then I think my older brother went. To see Limp Biscuit, he's just a few years older than me, and the band that opened was System of a Down, and he got me their CD, and it was System of a Down, and then uh, Slipknot, and that all happened seventh, mm. eighth grade, and I rolled into high school wearing like a gas mask and coveralls. <laughs> and the change had happened, and then that was your trip. I started pants. hanging out with. That was, oh, yeah. that was his Dude. trip pants, yes. Oh, my God, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, was that wearing, was like, the turning point. <laughs> that was it. And then I started hanging out with kids in high school from, like, art class and stuff. And it was – I was going to hang out with one of them, and their big brother picked us up. And he's, like, a big part of the metalcore community in Winston-Salem. I just remember getting in the back of his car, and he had, like, subs and a strobe light and everything. And it was the – First song on the Undying EP, This Day All Gods Die, which is called This Day All Gods Die, and it just changed me forever. <laughs> and I heard that, I'm like, what? Because I thought Slipknot was like as heavy as it can get. I was like, there's nothing heavier than this. I heard it. And so I went, and <clears throat> then I realized like they were banned from around there, which kind of blew my mind because like, mm. I didn't understand. Like, So I went to a local show for the first time, 
And I stood out like a sore thumb because I'm like a kid in like a lock and chain necklace with Jinkos on. <laughs> and all these dudes are like, this is like old, like uh, straight edge hardcore kids and like bandanas and hoodies, and, like X'd up hands and stuff. So I had to leave. I saw Undying, but I had to leave before the last band. So I was sitting out there waiting for my mom to pick me up. And the front man came out and talked to me because I looked like he was like, did you have a good time? Like, I guess it's obvious. Like I had no business being there. And he talked to me for like 20 minutes. So my mom picked up and I was like, I want to be part of this. Like completely. Ah, that's and so cool. he was the reason that like, I'm the kind of front man. I'm like, and I just went to the reunion show. They uh, put on a benefit show for uh, a guy named John Rivera, who was a big part of the music community in Winston who passed away. So they did a benefit show for his family. And they played, and I was like front row screaming with him. And he came up to me afterwards, and he was like, "Thanks for screaming with him." And I was like all starstruck, like, like you changed so the course of my life. <laughs> like, I, didn't, I didn't say anything. I was just like, "Yeah, man." Yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, clearly, he listens to this podcast, so now we'll know. Yeah, but, yeah now he'll know. Yeah, yeah. So, so if I was going to tell kids bands from my high school that I listened to that. Definitely you should listen to I think the big ones in North Carolina. And it's weird because like all the dudes jump around from bands and start mm -hmm. other bands. And then like, so it's like Undying and Prayer for Cleansing are the, the big two and the Zazel. Okay. And then those dudes went and some of them joined a band called From Here On, which is amazing. <laughs> and From Here On and uh, became Between the Buried Me. And then okay. the dudes from Glass Casket who went to my high school, some of those dudes joined between the buried man. So like all that is like all part of the same like music club. Mm. So those are all those bands too. So oh, when did you said you had a band in high school oh, around yeah. that time? When did the performing start for you? Um, let's see. We used, so our band was mainly a vehicle for us to hang out and play Halo in my friend's <laughs> basement. And so we had like five songs and we'd run through our five song set and then we'd play video games and then we'd run through the five song set again. <laughs> uh, we did play Ziggy's. Uh, my brother is friends with the owner of Ziggy's and got me onto a show as, uh, so the band's called the, well, the band's called the Cromwell Initiative. That was the last band name. Keep in mind we were in high school. <laughs> so it started, what did it start as? It started as Eris, funny enough, oh, spelled that, the same way my daughter is. Nice, nice. And, Came back and, around. Then and then it switched to uh, Sky's Wet Blood. We just kept changing the name. <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're Sky's Wet Blood now. <laughs> and then it was Wake Up, You're Dying. <laughs> Which, wake Up, You're Dying or Wake dying? Up, You, you are, are Dying? You Are Dying. Okay. Wake Up, You Are Dying. <laughs> and then the last is the Cromwell Initiative, which is a reference to an anime called Helsing, which ironically... The Alisana Army design I'm working on is based on a character from that anime. So, sick, sick. Yeah. yeah. So, but we played, uh, we played my little sister's birthday party <laughs> <laughs> at like town, at like town square in Louisville. Because like I'm from Winston Salem, but I'm like from outside of Winston Salem, North Carolina, in like a small town. And there's like a little gazebo in like the park that my we put on like a tiny battle of the bands with like <laughs> our friends and stuff. And, uh, yeah, we played, like, around, I think we played outside of a pizza place on, like, a flatbed trailer with, like, people's headlights pointed to us. So In a we had a couple under our belt. <laughs> yeah, very much those vibes. Yeah, so I had all that under my belt, but then uh, 
I went to college. So I went to NC State uh, for product design and material science, which I'm glad I didn't pursue that because I went for that with the interest in furniture because my granddad and my uncle are both carpenters. I do like high-end furniture. I was like, mm-hmm. I want to do that. And I was like, did no one want to like tell me like just get an apprenticeship and become a carpenter? <laughs> yeah. Like don't go Why'd to a four-year university studying design. Yeah. So <laughs> I was there and one of my sweet mates uh, in college, his dad was loaded and was an investor in a restaurant in downtown Raleigh called Bogart's. Mm. So we got 50% off from whatever we went. I said, that's the deal of a lifetime. Let's go. <laughs> And we went and sat down and ate at Bogart's. And then my waitress came up to me and asked me if I was in a band. And that's when <laughs> I was like, I mean, yeah, I used to be. And like, this was right. Actually, I looked this up because I was. this was a week after I had put something on Facebook or like MySpace. It had to have been MySpace. Yeah, probably. That I wanted to start like another metal band in like. Raleigh because like I was bored mm-hmm. and that's when I was like yeah you know I wasn't a band but I can't be in like a jazz band or no that's what she was like okay she's like yeah the the bartender said you have the look like and he's looking for people in a band I'm like yeah but I can't be in like you know his jazz band like I scream <laughs> and so you know I went back and forth and then I got Sean's number and, and there we go that's how they they pulled me in Nice. It was yeah. genuinely a saw you from across the the bar and liked your vibe <laughs> situation. Oh, yeah. No, I was, dude, freshman year of college. That was like peak. Now I look back and I don't know if it's peak scene, Dennis. I had. You weren't like wearing jinkers at that point. No, I was wearing the skinniest girl jeans <laughs> I could get. I had like a bullet belt, some skin tight, like metal band shirt. I would have been wearing, like, I had this, like, what are they? It looks like a friendship bracelet, like pastel colored necklace that said Denny Diablo. And like, <laughs> I've, been, I've been calling myself Denny Diablo. I need photos. Oh yeah. Because oh, I got the, I got the nickname Denny Diablo. Cause I, my dad owns a truck building company. So part of what I did when I would work there in the summers is like the truck bodies would get built, they would get delivered to the customer, and then I would bring the driver back. Yeah. And to get comfortable screaming around people, I would scream along to like music in the car, like driving these dudes, which is so funny in my head now. But they're like, like, damn, man, you sound like the devil. You sound like, you sound like Denny Diablo. And I was like, I like the ring of that. So that's why I got, that's, I've been calling myself Denny Diablo since I was like 17. God, can you imagine? I just thinking of like if I had to take an Uber somewhere and the driver just starts fucking ripping. <laughs> I know. You know as an I'm adult, sure people I realized, have had those experiences. I'm sure people As have. an adult, I realized that it was probably because I was the boss's son that I didn't get made. It, you know, it probably embraced me. It just made me a lot bolder than I should be. So. These well, dudes were just like, yeah, shake, shake, shake. I'll yeah. shake my head along. Okay. And then I had <laughs> How much uh, pink, like pink and black hair. And I mean, I was all done up when Sean saw me. So I can yeah. see how he's pulled in. Mm. So you were uh, a little more on your like scene, scene than your uh, metal yeah. side at that point. Yeah, like, but that was like all the same thing. Yeah. Like, fashion. It, it, this was yeah. when like Atreyu was like still very much a metal band yeah. mm-hmm. and like hadn't fully shifted to 
whatever tray it is now. And um, so that's what, yeah, we were, we were fashioning little, little scene metal boys. Just, I always wonder just looking so cute. what, cause it's at least hearing people, cause like I live in Raleigh now, obviously, and hearing people talk about the scene around that time, it just sounds like it was very clicky and kind of still sounds like it is a little bit. But. I'm sure it is. I mean, clicky. I mean, I feel like I just hung out with people in the music scene at a certain point. Like it, like, I don't think there were like groups of people within the scene that like didn't like each other as much. Mm. I feel like, but it was like clicky is that like either I've seen you at shows or I have not seen you at shows. Mm. And like, that was like the vibe. So I could see that. You're either about that life or... Or you're a poser. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, I know. Like, well, no, yeah. I've seen you at the show. Yeah. Not. And, uh, yeah, it was about that time. So I met Sean. I went and tried out. Uh, and we, I guess they were trying out someone else, too. I'm trying to remember if it was, like, a drummer. I think it was a drummer. And they were trying him out at the drummer's employer, which was a, limous- a limousine car wash service or something. <laughs> it was like a limousine rental company. We, they were, we were in the car washing building. Mm. And so we were there. I watched them do their thing. And I brought like my high school's EP and the lyrics printed out. I'm like, so this is what I sound like. This is what I'm saying. You get the gist. This is, mm. this is my brand. And it was the original bass player. Uh, he was like there and he's like, well, let's hear one. I'm like, let's hear what? He's like, let's hear you scream. <laughs> I'm like, right now? I'm just like, does he want me to bark? Just start All having right. flashbacks <laughs> like, to that you, date uh, yeah, thing. Okay. All right, I'll give you one. <laughs> He's like, All right. I'm like, yeah, okay. That is, in fact, me on the on the CD. So, but, uh, yeah, then, like, so I joined the band. I didn't even know what the band's name was when I joined. I realized I was in it working on music for, like, two weeks and i was like oh yeah what are we calling the band and like alisana i'm like all right i guess so you know I was, gonna call it, I was gonna call it the destroyer hive or something sweet but alisana works and then uh winter break happened for college and i decided to stay in raleigh at uh sean and pat's place to work on music stuff and then, you know, I started talking to girls with tattoos. And <laughs> I decided to take a break from school. Because you got to realize, too, like, I was, like, a nerd nerd oh, in yeah. high school. Like, I had I had outstanding grades, a very high SAT score. I was in, like, the National Honor Society, National Art Honor Society. I was president of the art club. All visual art stuff. All very nerdy. I hung out with my friends and played like Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> Warhammer Forty Thousand. Well, and so sudden, you say that like you don't still do that now. <laughs> oh, I mean, one hundred percent. I just have more money to spend on it now. <laughs> but there was that moment when I realized that like suddenly girls were very interested in me, and I was like, this seems more important. <laughs> and all those like science certificates. I mean, I like literally was in like the state science fair. I was a Boy Scout for eleven years. I'm like, we're talking a real nerd. And so yeah, I tell my 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 dad was like <laughs> so, so fucking mad. <laughs> and he was like, if you pause school, you are cut off, one hundred percent. Light switch. There are two rules under my dad, and he's an old school Southern man, and it was fair but firm. Don't do drugs. Do your schoolwork, and then you don't have to worry about stuff. And he's like, just follow the rules. Mm. And I broke one of the rules, and he cut me off. And then I had to get a job at a coffee shop, a cup of Joe in Raleigh, 
Nice, and, uh, nice. I'd move in, I'd move in with the guys. And I was still like after bills and stuff. I and mean, I was like maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars a month. I was like living off. So I was just eating ramen mm. and like begging, begging people for stuff. And my dad saw me. I'd lost like 30 something pounds. Yeah. He's like, boy, are you doing cocaine? I'm like, I can't <laughs> afford ramen. <laughs> I'll, I'll have you. I'll have your mother give you some money. <laughs> I just work at a coffee shop. Yeah, I was like, I don't know to tell you, Dad. I don't have any money. <laughs> and somehow, eighteen years later, it snowballed. It all worked out. It snowballed. That's it. Hey, you know, I was right. I will say that was a uh, a fun moment for me too. Well, I went for whatever reason. I was in Winston, and I needed a haircut, and so I went to my dad's barber, who mm. has been cutting his hair for like. 35 years and so it was just like an old man barber and he told me that 30 years ago he had asked my dad if he did his life over what would he do and he said i'd be a rock and roll guitarist and oh. i was like say deep down dad's just thrilled and i got one of the worst haircuts <laughs> it wasn't okay it was not okay it was not a bad haircut the haircut was fantastic it was the styling choice post cut Mm. which was like because the hair he got done he's like how's it look i'm like great he's like all right i'll style it for you and it was like turned into a zoolander it's like this pump. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what the hell <laughs> just like poured a bottle of water on my head I'm like, all right, I'm going out. but uh like this yeah. nice sentimental moment and then you look at yourself. That's that. Hey, man, it's, it's a lot of styling. He turns, a lot the, to do with turns the barber chair around. <laughs> He's like, thanks. I love it. See, I always say I that I want to make a Drunk History style video about Alisana and have you and Pat act out all of the <laughs> meetings and have the, like the people in the band who actually drink do the voiceover. And do it that really way, fantastic. but I want that scene specifically in it with the barber chair. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the barber chair. Dude. Noted. Well, when did, let's talk about when Alessandra really started pouring and how he got into that okay. era. Let's see what I remember. Like being, being Alessandra, you know? Well, so you went from like, rehearsing, I've heard about the practice space in Raleigh and mm-hmm. all of the beginning. Yeah, the morning star and all that jazz. Okay. Yeah. Uh, tragic hero all that stuff when did you guys okay. actively start touring a good amount of the year okay um let's see uh so we used to play just like get on any show in raleigh we could and we just played and played and played and played and this was after and started... a year of just practicing and writing right yeah we really did do... it's so weird when i think about yeah. it but yeah we really <laughs> did just like work on stuff and like it was fun though but, were you uh, so? Uh, go ahead. Not to cut you off. Were you in the same mindset? I know, like you obviously made the decision. Like, okay, my dad's gonna cut me off. Were you like the like? I feel like Sean said like this was it. Like, Alessandra was it. That my whole goal. Like, there was no the other end, option, kind of like, thing. There was no other mm-hmm. option. Were you in the same mindset at that point? No, like, absolutely <laughs> not, dude. Are you kidding me? No, man. Like, I, can, I can do whatever I want. And like, this is this was really, you know. Or you were just Santa like, from, this dude just asked me to be in a band, and I'm just rolling with life. No, like, I really, I really liked it, and it it came at an important time because I had that was around the time where metal had really started to shift from like the kind of metalcore I grew up listening to, to where people just started playing 
breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. Mm. And like it went from a breakdown being a part of a song to like these like nonstop breakdowns. I'm like, dude, this is so lame. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, like, I don't even know. Like, what's the point of this? Yeah. And no so I had it. already, I was more interested in trying to make music that was different than that. And that's why when people are like, so what made you decide to be, to scream out? I'm like, well, I scream in their emo. <laughs> it's like, that's what, and it, like, it really wasn't other than the fact that we met, we liked each other and we enjoyed working together and it turned into what it is. So it was not like a, mm-hmm. like, let's do this sound. It was just like, this is the tools we have to work with. And so this is what we'll be doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously Sean and I are both bookworms. And as we got older and kind of realized where our sound was going and focused in on that, I think that added the, the X factor that Alisana mm-hmm. gave kids that was outside of that kind of like cookie cutter, just, yeah. Break down, break down, break down. No substance, <laughs> which is fun. Hey, dude. And once again, like I listen to a lot of different kinds of weird music, so hey, I'm not hating on anybody who enjoys that. But we got a different thing. Um, <laughs> so I, when I talk about early touring, I always tell people: picture the spiral, picture the U.S. map, and then picture Raleigh, and then picture a spiral coming out of Raleigh, and that's exactly how we did it. Mm. And we played a whole bunch right in the middle, and then we kind of spun out into North Carolina, where we're playing all over North Carolina, and then into the Southeast, and we jumped on some some early tours. I remember tour being an extremely loose term, but we <laughs> did like a five-day run opening for for Dog Fashion Disco. Oh my god! I don't know if you know who that is. <laughs> I do. Everybody I do look, that look that up. I want you to know that I was, uh, and they were like, "This is early, early, Allison." We used to never. There was a rule: you could not drink until after the we played. Oh yeah, I've heard that. So that rule going on. Since gone out the window. In case. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> um, but uh, so I remember them making fun of us. And so I'm like, what's up, guys? Don't you want to drink? We're rocking and rolling. I'm like, no, we don't drink before we play. <laughs> and uh, then we went out with uh, Crash Romeo and Across Five Aprils. I remember that. I love the Crash Romeo guys, too. <laughs> and, like, we, some of their crew, we ended up having Monkey uh, work for us for a while driving and stuff. But that's, like, my, that was my introduction to, uh, Jersey pop punk kids, which is like its mm. own yeah. thing. <laughs> it's yeah, like its like, own it's thing. Yeah. But yeah. like all of them like yeah. ran around with big wig and all that. And like that was like their whole thing. But that was great. And um then I can't remember it's so and I cannot even remember his freaking name right now. We had a booking agent slash manager dude out of Houston. I can't remember his name. Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> and so we started playing a lot of stuff in Texas, like mm-hmm. where we would keep getting out to Texas and playing there. And I mean, we still do extremely well in Texas. And mm-hmm. we, yeah. I mean, a lot of it might be from that earlier stuff. But so early touring Alisana included uh, real janky tours and a lot of VFW halls, like a lot of <laughs> like, that kind of touring. Where I distinctly remember quite a bit, like, wow, man, we've been really beating the hell out of these VFWs. <laughs> and then, um, you know, I think the big uh, switch really happened after uh, we did the talking to uh, Uncle Chava in Mexico. He had us up on MySpace. 
and asked us to come down there and play. And we we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know? <laughs> and we went down in that video of all the kids saying apology back to us in Mexico blew up on like MySpace and, you know, record label saw it. And then we started yeah. getting bigger tours. I said, that was a good move on our part, rolling the yeah. bones and just showing up in Mexico. <laughs> Cause we were like the first ones that did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And now every day I get comments Come to Mexico. We try. Okay. This this should be known for anyone watching this, but we have been supposed to play Mexico over the last like five years, probably four times. And like Mexico and South America, and it is just such a volatile market that these Mm -hmm. promoters fall off the face of the earth like a month or two before it's supposed to happen. So I don't want anybody in Mexico or South America to think we don't like you. We love you, and I love playing Mexico because who would not love going on a trip to Mexico and doing their favorite thing, which is playing for you guys? But it's just so hard to pin this stuff down. So, <laughs> you know, if you hear anything about Alessandra coming, be vocal. Let them know that you will come if we come, so they're forced to follow through with it. But yeah, and yeah. those fans are the most passionate people I've experienced on the internet. Yeah, dude. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> nonstop. There. That's a sound bite right there. We are posting that clip so that they know mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> but the whole I was asking about early touring to reiterate the fact that uh, if you've never seen Alessana live, first of all, I don't know how you got to this episode um, <laughs> or why you're listening to this. But the way they navigate around each other is truly fascinating to watch even if you don't like the music that's how i got my dad to come to the pensacola show last tour was saying like you really need to see how they navigate around each other and i want to hear about some collisions and accidents from your side pat pat told us some good ones and it seems seems like you're a little clumsy there I wouldn't. Do you just get too? Do clumsy. you get too in your like you're in your zone that you don't know what's I going have on? The X factor, okay. A lot of these dudes. <laughs> a lot of a lot of it's very choreographed, mm. and I too have some parts where I choreograph. But outside of that, I just let my heart guide me around that stage, <laughs> and I just try to put myself into the the little stories that I'm screaming and let that carry me away. And sometimes it carries me into a lot of trouble, but that's how I, that's how I perform. <laughs> and it probably did carry me into a lot more trouble when I was also blackout drunk most of the time on stage. That's so fair. That okay. been, for anyone who doesn't know, I quit drinking. Uh, we're closing out eight years ago. Eight years Congratulations. So uh, that was a whole different experience learning how to play sober which was a little bit of a shift, but, uh, you know, we've made it through there, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so I definitely try to keep it as raw and real as possible. And it does get me in trouble. I've, uh, I've been knocked unconscious a couple of times. And, uh, nice. Nice. I, did, I don't know if, if Pat discussed the, the most famous is the mic spin incident and the guitarist <laughs> who will not come forward. Yes, he did. He yep. mentioned it from his yep. perspective. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah, that was, it was just like, <laughs> man, I was nailing the biggest mic spam. I got so good at it, man. I'm trying to remember who I had watched. Oh, some vocalist. I can't remember. It was like Story of the Year or something. Who has the, the Taking swing back the mic cord? Like, 
Taking yeah. Taking, yeah. yeah. I'd seen that. I'm like, I want to do like crazy <laughs> mics, man. So I started the, like, big, I mean, like, we're talking about like 10 feet of like mic, and I was like doing it at like an angle so I could like spin it. I was like ripping it and walking across the stage. And yeah, somebody stepped on the court. So next thing I know, I'm like walking <laughs> and the trajectory of it just boom. Like you could see the spiral. We come back. It turned into a spiral and my face was animated. I just remember like it just like everything went white for a second. And then, you know, vision oh, went, no. what? Oh, my God. And then just like blood pouring down my face. Oh. And I just like, you, but I have still have a little scar up on my forehead so what point of, of the these. set was it was it like did you finish the I set? Think it was just a bit just a bit oh yeah i mean i could go <laughs> like you you have to like literally put me into an ambulance for the set to stop which has happened but uh <laughs> and then after the set some kids like man great show dude like i love what you did with like the blood stuff I'm like, <laughs> I love what I, I'm like this is like planned ahead okay? they thought it it's like it's like the oh, lady yeah, gaga exactly. bma performance yeah, they thought mm-hmm. it was like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's not a ketchup packet, brah. <laughs> so, yeah, we kept we kept going, man. We, uh, for the most part, there's only a couple of times we've had to cut the set because someone got, I think Shane, we had to stop one time because he was like, I can't remember what he did. I think he like tried to jump off a wall and then couldn't catch his, stop his momentum and his nose went straight into a symbol and like oh. slashed across the bridge of his oh. nose. Oh. It's like, oh, no. which... Oh, to be fair, it gives me the. I thought he, I thought he, I thought he should have played through it. I thought he should have <laughs> hey, played through it, hey. but he, he stopped. I can't remember if we stopped too, but yeah, he had to go to the hospital oh, for that. Oh shit, so, that just yeah, gives me some, like chills. There's been some incidents. Yeah. Oh, no. So but, the real uh, reason uh, that Dennis doesn't like wireless mics is because he likes to do all the tricks. That's the. Real there reason. are a lot of tricks. <laughs> okay, there are a lot of tricks, and I have engineered some really. <laughs> sweet tricks that like i can't do with the wireless mic. like I, yeah. I came up with this thing uh i do a lasso move where yeah. i'll go up to the front row and like right before big scream and then i'll kind of like toss it around three different kids heads and then pull it and then all of our foreheads come together and then i like do the scream and then like show and sometimes it's like two really excited girls and like one dude who's not into it <laughs> like, like here we are baby and yeah stuff like that there's just so many fun things you can do with a mic cord. You just can't do with a wireless mic. Yeah. Some dudes, some dudes like that. And okay, low key, it's kind of my my frontman flex too, mm. because like a lot of people up there with like, you know, you got your wireless mic and all that. I'm like, I've got an SM58 on a mic cord, and that's all I need because mm. it's raw talent. Okay, because I'm an animal. Because okay, I'm that good. That's it. Exactly. I just use the SM58. The SM58, dude, is a war horse. And I've had a couple of offers for different mics over the years. And I'm like, I just couldn't honestly, I wouldn't be able to be honest and say that this is the mic for me because it's not an SM. Sure, if you you hear this, I have SM58 all day, every day. And it will only be an SM58. It's the only one that can take the damage. The beta can't handle it because it's too (laughs) fancy. It just needs to be the SM58. It's like Harry Truly. Potter choosing his wand That's over it. here. Has to choose. I know. Yes, it did. It is just indestructible. That's the magic of it. I love uh, it. I wasn't sure if I had didn't have it written down, and I wasn't sure if you'd be comfortable talking about the transition from you know getting sober and playing sober. Is that something you want to talk about? 
Yeah, sure. Yeah, so yeah. my first tour uh, with y'all... Maybe some of the other guys in my band should listen to this. <laughs> uh, my first tour <laughs> with y'all was your first sober tour. So I didn't was know it? any different, yeah. That's so funny to me now. I tell, when I tell people, especially like in my normal day-to-day life, like let's say when I'm just at home off tour, like there's so many people who have never known me as anything but a guy who doesn't drink, which is cool. Mm. And I'm like, it's just funny because like it's such a different version of myself because I was an absolute fucking animal. <laughs> um, yeah, let's talk. Um, the first, the drinking problem itself is yeah. very easy to end up with in a touring band. I'm not going to chalk it all up to the touring band because there are definitely a lot of other issues at play, but people don't realize that we get put into rooms that are just filled with free alcohol for like five or six hours every night isolated. And like the drunker and crazier you are, the more kids seem to like your band. Yeah. And like, I would go out to the bar and they want to buy you shots and they're excited about it. So by the end of it, you're just drunk as hell. And like mm. up there, like I've gotten off stage and cried before because I was so drunk. I know I did a horrible job. Oh. <laughs> like I was just like, this is a, I'm a mess. And then, but it's like that kind of thing. Like the, you know, it's not peer pressure, but you're fucking, you're in a band, in you know, and it's almost assumed that like, all right, next day, like, let's party and like everybody in all the other like you don't want to be the, the dork who's like i think i yeah. might need to take it easy <laughs> so it's easy for it to escalate and mm-hmm. then the next part of it is you know nobody ends up in music normally because they're a hundred percent put together yeah <laughs> this is a place that attracts weirdos the broken toys Exactly. That's how you you end up in in music. Even Courtney and I can speak to that with our hell brains. One hundred percent. And there's a lot of mental health stuff that goes unaddressed and swept under the rug. You know, we could sing a song about it, but at the end of the day, you know, no one's actually checking in on these musicians like psychologically. We're just drinking and you know, doing band guy stuff. So Mm. it can kind of slide under the radar for a long time mm-hmm. and you know that's really kind of where it went with me and then the other thing i don't think people realize is like it takes a long time to psychologically master uh the switch so what i mean by the switch is that you are up on stage on tour for whatever period of time Everyone's like, I love you. I love you. Everyone's like, you walk into a room, everyone turns like, ah, here you are. And then you go home and no one gives a fuck. Yeah. And like you go home and you have to resume your role of who you are outside of tour. Mm -hmm. And it is psychologically jarring. And a lot of dudes can't handle it. (laughs) And the way to handle it is to keep drinking. Mm -hmm. And the party doesn't stop. And then you keep trying to behave like you did on tour in a home environment. And people kind of like, oh, he's just a rock and roller, I guess. But like, it is not healthy. Mm. And like, I would be going home from doors and like riding this. I had this Honda Ruckus, which is like this way over the top, expensive, tricked out scooter. And I was like, because I was trying to like talking to somebody the other day. And then I'd drive that thing shit faced mm. down to like my local like crappy biker bar. I'd park it in between all the like motorcycles. I think it was so funny. And then I'd go in there. And, like, just get drunk with, like, complete strangers and then, like, go by myself to, like, a, not even a Waffle House or a Huddle House, like, a off, 
just a local like pancake Sorry. place all drunk and i'm like damn dennis like this is like not good it's <laughs> like mm. not good so a lot of those things so and and the reality is is that all of it kind of never solves itself because then you go right. back on tour and you're like okay i'm fine for now then you get home and it's that much harder and all that uh, and then finally, it was when I think my wife now, Casey, back when we were still, I don't think we were even dating. I think we were talking romantically, but as friends. Mm. And she called my mom and she was like, he's either not going to talk to me again or because I, like, I was like so drunk. I was like, I couldn't make it home for Christmas. And I like, called my mom. I was like, sorry, I'm like sick or something. And mm. like, hey, it was a it had really gotten out of control. So uh, my mom came and talked to me and I was like, all right, you know, I guess like my, I'm a mama's boy. I got mm. mama's boy tattooed on my hand. So <laughs> I was like, all right. She took me to a detox place and they had to put a wristband on me. I didn't find out until I left. Cause it was so like detox was me getting locked into a facility for like just under two weeks until I dried out and they could monitor. <laughs> so if you're listening, okay. I've had a lot of people since I got sober, ask me about it. Uh, I think because no one thought I would ever get sober because I literally drank everyone under the table. I mm. really did drink too much. And so when people ask me and they're interested, uh, I think a lot of times people considering quitting drinking, but I having trouble. Uh, the reason you're having trouble is because it'll kill you. It can easily kill you if you completely go sober after you drink as much as the touring musician does. Yeah. So that's why a detox facility is necessary because they monitor to you and they give you some medications and stuff that help mm. ease the transition. But I got a wristband and I finally found out like halfway through it was uh, my fall warning wristband because when I rolled in there and I hadn't drank for like 12 hours or something, I blew like a point two something like Damn. I just, I oh just was alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah. And then after uh, I got out of there, it was a lot of, you know lifestyle changes lifestyle mm. choices and stuff i didn't immediately go back on tour it was very nerve-wracking mm. getting back on stage it was very hard and i'm not gonna lie i'm not gonna sugarcoat that at all but uh i did find my zone and now that i found my zone if you watch a video of me in the past seven or eight years and listen to how my voice sounds on stage and then go back before that and listen like it sounds like a completely different person. Like people always tell me now that like my voice sound better than ever. I'm like, yeah, cause I'm not like blackout drunk, dehydrated. <laughs> like I sleep and I drink water all day. Like you got a so good water it, tea it system does make going you, too. Oh yeah. A stage tea. <laughs> I can't live without it. But yeah, it was a, a big change. And it's one of those things too, that everybody's different. Um, yeah. I don't have any issues being around people drinking because, I mean, I really like when I stopped drinking, I was like, OK, this is enough's enough. And I said, you know, I want I want to get back to the nerdy, cool metalhead I used to be that played, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and Warhammer <laughs> all that. And so that's why I have like really expensive gaming chairs and stuff. <laughs> I have a tracker that tells me how much money I've saved. Uh, nice. And for the first couple of years, every six months, I'd buy myself a lavish nerd present for behaving <laughs> myself and this is what i'm saying yeah i got just the money to buy all the magic the gathering cards i, I want <laughs> nice. now uh you know i've got a child and we i mean we had uh pretty rough pregnancies and i was like dude if right. i was still drinking yeah that would be. and Sh sean yeah. didn't know this and i'm not ashamed of this 
So this is a, a short aside for anyone who's not familiar. Uh, I mean, it's all over my Instagram, my wife's Instagram and stuff, but we had a daughter who was born uh, 18 weeks, stillborn. And then after that, we had a daughter who was born 23 weeks, but made it home. And she spent uh, eight and a half months in the NICU, which is the neonatal intensive care unit. And it was crazy. And it was like the most stressful thing ever. Mm. And if I was still drinking, that would have been a fucking huge problem because I would not have yeah. been able to cope. And there was one point where I got a phone call uh, and Casey was like, yeah, she just like desatted and they had to come in here and like do like, you know, chest compressions and all that jazz. And I was like, okay. I'm like, is she okay? And they're like, yeah, we've got an honor. And I just hung up the phone. I got my car. I drove and I bought a 12 pack of beer. I sat and I pounded every single beer back to back. Damn. And then it was like halfway through that. I was like, this is not good. I need to call somebody. And so I called my best friend and I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm out with my wife for a birthday. I said, oh, uh, never mind. He's like, he's yeah. like, what are you doing, Dennis? I'm like, nothing. He's like, all right, I'll be over there in a little bit. Oh. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was a mess. So like I did, and but like, you know, the next day I was like, okay, obviously that was not a, it solved nothing. Right. It was just like a knee jerk reaction. So, you know, everybody, you, you have little stumbles like that. But, uh, yeah, you know, but you get back up. Home? Yeah, dude, Move you gotta keep trucking. So don't, yeah. get, don't let a little setback throw you yeah. off. I think, uh, quitting drinking was a very good and very important decision for me. I don't think it's for everybody. I don't think everybody needs to do it, but there are definitely plenty of people who do need to do it, mm -hmm. who do not want to accept that they need to do it and would probably benefit a lot because it does. Once you stop drinking and you can really like, see clearly then you kind of see what the real issues that had you drinking so hard mm -hmm. are and then yeah you do the stuff you have to to fix that stuff and then you're just happier so yeah we yeah. um i mean i've never heard you talk at length about your sobriety and i've only ever known you post <clears throat> post getting help and everything but for what it's worth i'm proud of you and it's cool to hear you talk about oh, thank you. the differences and you have a beautiful family and everything everything is great um, what was I going to say? Yeah, we talk about mental health stuff <clears throat> a lot on this podcast in particular. And I just thought it was an important thing to bring yeah. up. Um, yeah. yeah no. Well, I mean, also to be noted, the relapse happened when I stopped taking my bipolar medication and told no one yeah, because I was go. focused on my daughter and stuff. Yeah. And uh, like I had moved from Raleigh back to Winston. And I was like, uh, you know, I've been fine. I'll probably continue to be fine. That was not the correct assessment of that. Yep. So, you know, definitely I, stay on top of your medications, guys, except when you need a little yep. help. We, we, little always, help we always say, take your pills. <laughs> take your pills. That's it. Hey, take your pills. That's good. And, but we all, the, we're, we're all, we're, yeah, we're all taking our pills. We, you know, and I all, will put this out there too, because I've had a lot of conversations with people about mental health and music industry. <laughs> I want this to be clear right fucking now. It is no one else's responsibility to put up with your bullshit. Deal with your own bullshit. Mm -hmm. It is your responsibility to deal with your mess. Okay. So it's like, you can't just like be shitty and then say like, it's because I've got blah, blah, blah. And like, well, what have you yep. done to fix that? Exactly. Like, have you yeah. done anything? So make sure you deserve to put the work in and you know, it's way life's more fun when you've, you've done the boring, you know, just maintenance stuff on yourself to the, function as a normal human being. And yep. You'll just be happier in general because of it. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I couldn't yep. put it better. 
Well, yep. the only other thing I had written down, there's no clean transition into this. I just wanted to know your merch pet peeves. As If you didn't know, Dennis is a screen printer when he's not doing Alisana stuff. Um, uh, and amateur amateur merch designer. Amateur yeah. merch designer. Uh, is it really amateur at this point, though? No. It feels like it. I'm I'm my own critic, you know. <laughs> I've definitely been outsourcing more. And I've realized that we just have a lot of really talented artists that like the band. Yeah. And that I can reach out to. And they come with their own, like, the girl, uh, we had a girl do, we're, we're working right now, so anybody doesn't know, uh, we moved a majority of the Alice online store in-house. It is done by my wife and myself, so it's printed by me. She's shipping it out. We both of us work together for a company called Holy Mountain uh, Printing for a long time, which is a black metal merch company, and she's had experience at other merch companies, so... If you decide to buy Alisana merch, go to alisana.store, and it comes straight from us. Yes. But we're working on getting some Halloween stuff together. Yes. So we got some some vampy things. Michael the Vampire's rubbed off. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> some stuff so uh, one of the designs, actually two of the designs are the same character, but different interpretations. Uh, for anyone who's ever watched Helsing, the anime, it's about like vampire hunters, and one is this this sexy police girl turned vampire. And she, uh, I talked to uh, a very talented tattoo artist who turned her into a t-shirt and she's got like blood dripping out of her mouth and stuff. And her little Alisana army soldier uniform is sweet. <laughs> and then I can't remember what lyric I said to use on the back. And she's like, can I uh, use the, the taste of blood turns me on? Because <laughs> that's like my favorite line. <laughs> I'm like, sounds perfect. <laughs> so we, and I was like, that's sweet. Like, she, you know, she has her favorite lyrics that she wants to run with. I'm like, I'm all for it. <laughs> so we've got that in the works. Uh, my merch pet peeves. Or like trends are, that you think should die. I'm not bashing anybody's yeah. specific trends. Yeah. Uh, there, there are definitely Our audience some, is like okay. 14 people. It's okay. Uh, okay. The, fu the, the funny thing is I learned a long time ago that I have no idea what kids want. Mm. And I every time I'm like, this is going to kill it. Every design I've ever said, this is going to kill it, has never killed it. <laughs> <laughs> it always, like we've had just especially as technique stuff. Like I remember one time I'm like, we're going to do a t-shirt with foil. So foil printing is like you print the whole shirt at the end of it, certain parts of the image you print an adhesive coating on, and then you take it off the press and you take it over to a heat press with like a literal piece of foil and put it on there, heat press it and then peel the foil. And it's like that shiny, and like, dude, no one fucking wanted that thing. <laughs> it's like, it's so labor intensive. I'm like, what are you talking about? Um, I digress, but yeah, so most of my audience, it's always like, and there's going to be a lot of bands that feel this way. The cartoony monster shirts, <laughs> like every dude like hates in the band. And like, Hey, but kids love them so much. I'm like, you have to do it, bro. Like that was like yeah. the look from like that era of hot mm -hmm. topic. And so that's when, uh, I had that design done for our last tour with all the monsters, the monsters and stuff. Yeah. Kids love it. So Kids love it. And I have a question time. about those monsters. Back in like when Hot Topic was carrying those things, did designs just show up and you guys 
didn't know about it? Did, or were, did you guys have any hand in that stuff? Or No, someone at some point had to approve stuff. It usually ruled through management. Uh, and then, like, we'd see it. They were like, which one? And, like, every once in a while, keep in mind, I was drinking a lot back then. So I, <laughs> I would dip in every once in a while and say, I don't like that. I like that. <laughs> yes, no, yes, no. Uh, but, and, like, so it's a little muddy on like whose design it really is is it like hot topics or is it ours mm-hmm. because blah 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 but like a lot of that stuff like for a long time was just like they would show up and i still see people with shirts i'm like i have never seen that <laughs> like that is not an uncommon thing whatsoever <laughs> so yeah there was it would be an honest thing that i could say like a strong number of those shirts that went in hot topic I had never seen before. Because there were some random, sh- not even yeah. just for oh, Alisana, yeah. but like across the scene. Had, yeah. Nah, that's well, that's like the thing. That's And that's kind of how the music industry works. Because when you're a young musician, the more automatic something is, and as long as you are getting a check, you're probably not going to look into it any farther. Mm. And you're happy. So a lot <laughs> of management and, you know, dudes in the music industry try to keep it as seamless as possible so that you're just you're happy then everyone's happy and keep the talent happy there you go yeah. exactly so that's kind of how it rolls nice. uh, i do uh, let's i do oh, before we go on to anything else have to ask about these dad weather updates amanda and oh I <laughs> yeah so i don't know why that was so funny <laughs> one of <laughs> Something we that, always hit the, the dad weather updates. Right. We over the past year or so, our tour chat, anytime there's a hurricane coming, Dennis is the first one on it. And I remember <laughs> the last show of the first leg of this trilogy chapter. Uh, this storm came rolling in and Dennis was just like, ah, it's happening. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, make, I'll make weird videos. I try to make them real boomery where it's like too close on my face and stuff. And whenever I write stuff, I capitalize like the wrong words on purpose and like in bold to make it like really have that boomer feel. But, you know, people have to sit like, once you become a father, there's a handful of expectations. One of them is amateur meteorologists. That's what's going to happen. You're also going to become a uh, classic car expert. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of, outside of that, you have to pick your war that you're going to know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. about. It's going to be World War II. The Roman or Empire. Civil War. <laughs> yeah, Roman exactly. So you, you need to have Do your... Do you think about the Roman Empire, Dennis? That's what I need to know now. Const- constantly. Constantly. <laughs> You know, and so these are the things that you have to have as a dad. You know, it doesn't matter how many tattoos you will, you have or what you do professionally. Dad, Dads need to really know keep an eye weather. on the weather, you know. <laughs> keep an eye on that radar. And okay? now that three of – or four of six have kids, mm-hmm. it's all – it's just – it's weather all the time now. That's all you need. Well, you'll never, you're never going to get rained on. I remember I bought that poncho and everybody thought I was a fool until that last show in St. Louis when it rolled in. There you go. See? Boy Scout. Boy Scout for 11 years. Be prepared. Right. Like, jokes on all of you. I'm dry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, I think that I was a perfect it. round out. Uh, Courtney, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to talk about before we move oh, on to our song great. of the week? 
I don't think so. I was the the whole conversation. I've been waiting for the weather update. So try. <laughs> See, I was like, now you, you know, now you every, every, know. everything else. Right I'm now? just like. Well, I'm in well, Boston. Right now, I don't know if you keep up with Boston weather. You're going to have to start doing, like, multi-city The whole here. East Coast, we're getting a pretty uh, tropical storms coming in right now. Yeah, yeah. actually, we got, yeah, I think we're we got events. Tomorrow. I was supposed to go to, like, a book like a, a book thing downtown with airs tomorrow, but it's going to be raining all day because oh. you got that tropical storm coming through. Dang. Okay? It messes up plans, guys. Weather's a real thing. Right? You keep your eyes on it. <laughs> hey, hey, you know, weather's right. scary, all right? Natural disasters are scary. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're no yeah, joke. Okay, they're no joke. <laughs> for real, and you don't, you don't my long it. list of things that give me anxiety. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, song of the week, Dennis. Would you like to go first? So, song of the week. Okay, uh, this is uh, one that you will know, even though you don't realize you know it, Amanda. Uh, my song of the week is from the VIP meet and greet coin flip game. The song that I played every day when I came out and did it uh. is a song called Dawn of Victory by Rhapsody. Mm. And uh, it's power metal. Everybody listening, I don't know if you're familiar with power metal. Uh, most people only know Dragon Force, which is kind of a hyperbolic version of it. But uh, Rhapsody, also known as Rhapsody of Fire because they got sued by the music service Rhapsody and tried <laughs> to steal their name. Uh is an awesome power metal band for if you heard me talk about D and Warhammer and nerdy stuff and you said that's who I am, I said, Well, there's a genre of music for you. It's called power metal. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And they literally have an album narrated by Christopher Lee, who is the actor who played Soromon and Lord of the Rings and mm. played you know, Dracula and all that. He narrates on there. This is a real power metal band. So if you want to <laughs> jump in, uh Dawn of Victory, great song. There's just a bunch of great albums. So that's and it. If you that's ever it. need to have a really dramatic coin toss, that's the song yeah. to do it to. That was still my favorite part of it. <laughs> and I loved how much how much Shane hated it. <laughs> I think it does. I think power metal might represent just like the antithesis of who Crump is. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just like the polar opposite. Five thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah, it, is, it is it is not lo-fi synth wave dark wave it is just balls out like covers with barbarian shirtless barbarians and swords just <laughs> battling for freedom and light okay yeah that, that is, is yeah that is the opposite uh Aww. courtney would you like to go next yeah, should i throw out e did send us one to add to the playlist yes, e uh, uh is hosting an emo night right now um, yeah Tonight but and tomorrow up in New York. So, nice. I mean, this will come out after it. But if you were in New York and saw E doing her thing. There you go. Rock Good it. for you. There you go. <laughs> that, was, that was her. I know, nobody ever knows she, I know nobody ever knows where she is, but it was her. <laughs> yeah, pin her down. Um, hers is Zach Bryan, um, Smaller Axe. It's one of his new songs on his album, so. She she's she always throws out the country every once in a while in, in the playlist. Song. So I don't I don't know if we, I didn't know if I was supposed to tell you a new song because the song oh, I mentioned came out. You can out, do uh, any. Oh no, it could be okay, from go. any time. Okay. Amanda has thrown out some in sync. Let's pray they're going okay, back on tour. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we have we have some weird cat 
music on there. Yeah. We have yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's a whole array of stuff. Love it. I have feelings about the NSYNC reunion that I won't get into now because we'll be here all night. But don't <laughs> we'll worry. Another, we'll coming. have another show. I got yeah. you. All right. All right. On the next episode, hear Amanda's thoughts about NSYNC for three hours. <laughs> <laughs> Courtney, what's um, your song of the week? And of course, I got to go with Olivia Rodrigo. And I'm going to do Love is Embarrassing. And um, just do a quick shout out. Fuck Ticketmaster again. Because I didn't get picked to get tickets. <laughs> Yeah. I am so, staying in my small so. show lane for the most foreseeable <laughs> forever, future. Forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It's I saw just... that Hot Mulligan is on that Fall Out Boy tour, and I was like, damn, it'd be oh, nice yeah. to go to that, and then didn't even yeah. try. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm um, like, every every three months, Ticketmaster is just, like, ruining my life. <laughs> mm. <laughs> well. I catch a lot of flack. Something's got to give. Something's got to give, bro. Justice for Pearl Jam. Um, Justice for Pearl Jam. (laughs) My song of the week I thought was very fitting. uh, Mallrat by Dury. Um, You might be familiar with them because they went pretty viral last year with their song Look Who's Laughing Now. Uh, Last week they put out the full record that that song is attached to. And Mallrat talks about uh, the air smells like hair dye and I could only see out of one eye. And all these really fitting lyrics for this podcast. So I, I love it. I remember you talking about them last year. Yeah, they're they're yeah. really really good. The whole yeah. album's good. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw one more in yeah, just because uh, my buddy who I screen print with every day <laughs> when I'm not on tour, guys, I'm printing t-shirts. And Danny is the biggest Blink-182 fan. And that new Blink-182 song yeah, came out. And like I see everybody talking about. It. I just give him that like. He likes Blink-182, but I make it sound like he's, like, in charge of their fan club and stuff. <laughs> so much. I was like, like, man, I didn't get the newsletter, man. The new song dropped and everything. But, like, every, from everyone, uh, it was just talking about how good it is. So I, did, I didn't I, I don't even know what the name that. of the song is. I, did. I don't even know what the name of the song is. But <laughs> that new Blink-182 song, Danny, I'm thinking about you. Okay. I oh, did not mean to mention to that. that they dropped a new song on our updates. Yeah, oh, our updates were all about, about us. Blue Ridge um, Rock Fest. Yeah. So that's where all that time yeah. is. Yeah. But, oh, that's a whole different episode. Yeah, yeah. That's that a whole other thing. Um, Amanda oh, had man. her notes ready to go. You should yeah, I have fully yeah, front whole, and back. No kidding. Um, <laughs> I feel like well, yeah. this is usually the time that we give the guests to plug things, but I feel like anything that you're going to plug is stuff that I'm going to plug too, because we are going to be on the same tour obviously in november yes um yeah anything else you want to mention before we sign off oh uh, i don't know no, drop, I drop don't... some info give us some dirt some okay some, some some little, some little... um right right now we are working on getting together our halloween drop it should be i think we're i like doing the pre-order thing yeah so we are going to probably launch that in like the next week with uh, I think it's like four designs, cool. four shirt designs. We're definitely doing a sweet Halloween themed tote bag so yeah. that you can use it for trick or treating if necessary or <laughs> to go get your groceries. But we're going to drop the pre-order for that in like the next week and then have that stuff out by mid-October. And the pre-order works like 
I think we throw in like extra goodies. If you pre-order an item, you get pre-order exclusive. You can get a pre-order exclusive or you can pre-order the normal store version. But the limited pre-order variant only exists for the window of the pre-order. And we did it pretty long last time. We're doing it like one week this time. So mm -hmm. if you want it, get it because it won't exist after that. Uh, so those will be going out. And then, uh, yeah, we got some more stuff going on with the web store. Uh, my wife, my beautiful wife who runs it, had a meeting with the uh, the owner of the company I screen print with. And she came home with a long list of things as far as like umbrellas and like just crazy stuff. Like, you, did you know we could get this? Oh, here we go. So, dad hat, a lot of dad hats were talked about. So I know there's, yeah. there are dad hat people. It's not me. It's not me either. I've had I got a, a giant I've got a lot head. of flack about Yeah, the dad hats are coming. Okay. And uh, some youth, youth size stuff. So it's um, all in the, uh, in the works. And, and just for the record and clipping purposes, can you confirm that there is music being written? So that oh, yeah. I'll stop 100%. asking. Yeah. I was All I right. was gonna say I was gonna say Sean's favorite line for Dennis. We're working on stuff. That's, that's, yeah, that's listen, it. we're working on stuff. Guys No more, no less. That's that's okay. it. <laughs> that's all you know. All right, it's there. Not that you need to stop asking for it. It's just Maybe be nicer about it. That's all. But <laughs> no way, dude. Kids don't care anymore. I I laughed so hard. And this kid, I don't know. If this kid's ever gonna see this. We were walking to go get food before the show, and this dude ran up. It was just like Sean, Sean, and Sean's like, "Hey, what's up?" He's like, "Wow, man, like." I can't believe how old you are. You don't even. That's <laughs> like, dude. And I'm like, is that an insult or a compliment? I'm like, there are no filters. The internet has ruined people. And like, yeah. you think you can walk up and say whatever you want to anybody? I'm like, y'all. Mm. Like, you get need to get slapped a little bit. Just bring back just a little of it. The repercussions, yeah. you know, of just saying whatever pops in your head. So yeah, I, I see. That's a good. I see the. Uh, the spoiled child screaming that they want something like, well, you know what? You just don't always get what you want. It'll happen. <laughs> but on our timeline, uh, I got a kid. We've all got kids, mm. you know, obviously a lot of, a lot of irons in the fire. All right. Mm. So just relax. Get a couple of Alessandra shirts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or go, or go see him on tour. There you go. Mm -hmm. All well, right. Well, thank, thank you, you so much for Dennis. joining us. No problem, guys. Wow. Thank you. And we'll for sure have you back once we have releases to talk about and things of that nature whenever they do come. Um, and come happy see to, us on tour to in it. November. And, right. and don't forget to tip Amanda because it'll be her birthday month. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> cool. Tip your merch, girl. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in to the You, Me, and the Scene podcast. New episodes are released every other Monday. 